Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined by the Gooch, Joe Holbert. Joe, how are you this evening? I'm good, I'm excited, because I've, I've read this week and I've announced that Hiroshi Tanahashi has told me that there should be no wrestling uh, during these times, so I assume you have no wrestling topics for me, Jeremy. I assume this show is about, I don't know what, maybe the Guy Fieri show, I don't know what you're going to discuss, what you're going to throw at me. I am assuming, though, that you have followed my, my memo, and there will be no wrestling talk on this week's show, right? That's what's happening here, right? We can I'm talk correct? guy. We can talk guys' grocery games. We can talk the challenge, the real Wednesday Night Wars, the challenge against guys' grocery <laughs> games. Um, I mean, we could just talk about Hiroshi Tanahashi, the true ace of all of wrestling, not just New Japan, like all of wrestling, all of Earth. I would actually go yeah, as far as say, fair. but wrestling works too. I'm just, I'm glad you're on board with my approach to this show. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Uh, it is Thursday. We we do have wrestling topics, unfortunately. I, like I would try to plug this show. We're talking wrestling, unfortunately. Uh, if you don't <laughs> want to hear us talk about wrestling, we do other shows. Tuesdays, we review movies. Uh, we just reviewed Suburban Commando, which was an amazing piece of film. And, and I think one of our uh, best movie reviews as well. A lot of laughs on that one. And it was the start of a six-hour podcast marathon session that people won't see for three months yeah it was weird there when you said you know you started plugging our movie thing and you knew what film we'd reviewed this week it's, <laughs> it's weird for me to be on the correct timeline for once now we do so much of the tw that we're operating in a whole other universe at times so it's good to be back on the correct date if nothing else uh, but yeah that was a that was a fun episode it was we do have the TEW series coming out on saturday a new episode premieres saturday at 11 o'clock 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Fightful.com, all your wrestling, MMA, boxing news. Sign up to Fightful Select. Sean's been dropping a bunch of news uh, with the, the Performance Center stuff, Kyrie Sane's injury, Deanna Perrazzo stuff. So check that out. Uh, help support us. Joe needs a haircut. I need a haircut. We all just need haircut. Joe, Joe's, Joe's out on the haircut. That's fair. Um, I need a haircut. Or else my wife is going to keep yelling at me. Let's get into some wrestling, Joe. We have big topics. We we left plenty on the cutting room floor once no, again. No, no, stop there. Stop right there because I know where it's going and I'm not having it anymore. Okay. I've had a meeting with my women's tag title supporter group on the social <laughs> media and we have said no more cutting room floor, Jeremy Lambert. This week, our first topic is I'm leading the program this week for this one topic and then I'll pass it back to you. <laughs> the Iconics, Jeremy... And the Red Hot Midnight Express Brain Busters-esque program being worked on Monday Night Raw each and every week, live on the USA Network. 
the Iconics, Bliss Cross. How are you feeling about Jeremy? Hit the timer. I believe this is look the the women's tag team division needs something, right? This yeah. is the feud to propel them to what everyone thought they should have been and, and never were. I, this has actually been pretty good so far, hasn't it? All bits aside, I think they've done. This, this was the, a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I thought well, we were going to talk about the iconics. <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk about it, but I want to make it clear that my praise is genuine in saying that I like the deal of the iconics being more serious. I mean, it's smart. Nikki Cross this week with an NWA Crockett Promotions promo, breaking out live on an empty arena raw. Well, not really empty, but you know what I'm saying. Um, these are four entertaining people. The matches will be what they will be. You know, it's like a sort of New Age Outlaws deal in 98. They're not always going to have classics, folks. Just kind of put your head down and get through it. But the program through three weeks has been a, a good step in the right direction, I think. I I thought Nikki Cross's promo was great. I thought you wrote that for her. I don't know if you can confirm or deny that, I did. but okay. Yeah. Uh, it definitely seemed like it came it came from your mind. So I'm glad to have that confirmed that you wrote the Nikki Cross promo. Like it's a it's a good program. I hope it actually continues and lasts, and it's not just leading to an iconic split and then they get a three week feud that ends, and then Bliss Cross are left with no challengers again. Yeah, this is a rare case where I think we have to kind of accept that the best fruit is like potato in the belt band fourth. You know, like I honestly think flip-flopping it is really dark because there's no teams, right? You kind of have to. You're going to have to just have, you know, the Iconics win it pretty soon, I'd assume, and then you go back and forth until you're ready to split up, not the Iconics, but Bliss Cross. And I know that is... Uh, well, that's that's disgusting speak from me. Right? I shouldn't be the guy to be, to be talking about such a thing, but... I do think that when you get to like, you know, four of the year, I think you've got to start looking at what you do with this team. Because there's a lot of dynamics as far as the split goes, is there not? Are you breaking the news that Bliss Cross are actually going to split? Yes, I am. I'm doing that right now. Uh, post your news your news post, please, <laughs> everyone that watches, all the, all the writers that watch this show. I'm saying it's happening. I was watching when Nikki was doing that speech. All I could think was, man, it's going to be so evil when Alexa turns on her. My God, it's going to be mean. Was Alexa making uh, faces in this promo that I missed? Not really. That okay. was why it was so striking. She was not making faces. Like She wasn't kind of encouraging Nikki. She was just sort of letting her go, which is alarming in its own way. We've seen so many faces over the last few weeks that now when there's no face, it's almost more scary, you know? Uh, I don't think this uh, this feud is as layered as the other feud because the lack of yeah. faces, honestly. I know you're, you're a fan of it, but look, I, I need faces, Joe. I need faces. There is a, a distinct lack of Twitter thread content available in this program, <laughs> isn't there? They're really, I mean, it's good, and they're, you know, they're cutting good promos and stuff and telling a simple story, but if there's no faces and there's no callbacks from matches 12 years ago in NXT, is it anything? Is it even worthwhile? If you can't know. if you can't get four like a four post Twitter thread out of it, at least four posts, yeah. is the feud really any good? No, no, it's not. I mean, I could get a four post uh, thread, but that, I think I'm biased. My yes. question for you is, okay, so I'm going to give you the pencil, and I know you love having the pencil, Jeremy. <laughs> Who do you actually turn on this team, Bliss Cross, when you get if you like you know the perfect ideal scenario? Do you do the tried trusted play of Alexa as a heel? Or do you go do you go ballsy with it? I'm interested. 
I think part of it depends on who your women's champion is at the time. Yeah. So, because whoever comes out of this feud, look, they're going to be the, the biggest baby face or heel coming out of mm-hmm. this feud, no matter kind of who the champion is. And you would think they win the feud, they get propelled onto the title shot. And so depending on who the champion is, you don't, you got to have the face heel dynamic. So if Nia Jax is your champion, then I, I, I honestly think like Nikki Cross as the baby face is better. Have her beat Alexa, have her beat Nia Jax, Nikki Cross women's champion. That actually makes a lot of sense. I, I'm with you because I think Nikki can be a good heel solo, but you're right in saying if you're in a position where you need to make a main event heel, like the Alexa move is so easy to do that, right? And I think you're right. It's a matter of circumstance. And it, I don't think there's a wrong answer because I think you can tell good stories either way. The Alexa one is a lot safer. I do fear for Nikki regardless of which way they go, not because she isn't talented, she's tremendous. I just, I fear that she gets lost in the 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 dreaded shuffle. You know, I could really, because unfortunately there's only a handful of, of the women that like avoid that. They actually always stay on television. And Alexa is one of them, for better or worse, you know, hook or crook, whatever you want to say. She is, and that's kept Nikki in that in that pack. So it'll be interesting how it develops. I, you know, I still think there's there's legs in the team, and I think you want to do the split when it is it's like absolute most crushing almost. And I think the Iconics are probably the team to to do that with eventually. Uh, we're gonna move on. Speaking of making stars, I've already set the timer here. You seem very disappointed oh. that I'm just moving on from Alexa and Nikki Cross. Do you want to spend the whole show talking about them? I thought that's what, I thought this week's show was the women's tag title celebration, but obviously different different format. Don't worry, fine, carry on, carry on. I mean, the the show has the time we spent on the women's tag team titles is about how much time they've spent over the past year building the women's tag team titles. So I feel like I was doing it proper justice by giving it about eight minutes there. And it is also longer than any tag title match. These two teams will have (laughs) with each other. So uh, you know what, when you put it that way, we've done good by them. Continue. I'm fine with this. Uh, I've already started the clock. We're going to blend it all together here. Apollo Crews won the United States title on Raw, defeating Andrade. We spoke about Apollo Crews a few weeks ago with the the knee injury. We were wondering, all right, is this going to lead anywhere? What are they going to do with him? They put the title on him, Joe. What do you think? Do you think this is a, a big breakout thing for him? Or do you think it's just, okay, he's got the title, and then he'll have it for a little bit, and he'll essentially be Andrade? I mean... Look, I don't want to kind of spoil this for anyone, but I, it does seem very, very likely that he just becomes, okay, we've done our job with him, he's champ, now this one's on to beat him. That's what it feels like will happen. But in this particular case, I think there's something to be said for kind of taking the victory and celebrating it while we can. <laughs> because poor Apollo Crews, me and you've discussed this a million times over, four years after call-up, and you could count on one hand how many actual opportunities he's got. In fact, you may be able to count them on one finger, because I'm not sure he's had any, to be quite, quite frank with you. So, look, good for him. He's always going to be impressive in the ring. He could have great matches. He's an absolutely fine choice for the, what these, these mid-card belts are supposed to be. They've not even been that in recent months. So one thing I will say that was encouraging is I thought his promo, his post-match promo was very... Like, it wasn't anything spectacular, but I think he did a good job of coming across as himself and natural, which hasn't always been the case. But since moving to Raw, it seems like whoever's producing him is helping him a little bit. I think he's a very, very solid mid-card babyface, and for now, we'll take that and run with it. 
And people will say Apollo is like just not a good promo and has no charisma. Look, he's not the most charismatic man in the mm. world, but he's very good at just like playing himself. And yes. sometimes that's all you need to do in wrestling. And especially when like you said four years, I think when we talked about it the other week, I didn't realize it had been four years. I was like, no way. <laughs> this guy's only been up there for two years, but, but four years and I mean, he hasn't had these opportunities. So it's, it's very easy to get that across. It's just, okay, I haven't had the opportunities. Thank you for letting me get it. Like I'm fired up. I'm ready. Let me show you what I can do. It's very easy to just have that come across. It's a very simple story to tell. It's essentially the, the Kofi story. Obviously Kofi 11 years compared to four years, but like mm -hmm. that's what it was. 11 years, no opportunities. I've, this is what I've been fighting for. Now give it to me. Like it's almost the same story, just obviously on a lesser level. Yeah, I, I'm with, when you said about, you know, playing himself, I think there's a disconnect at times. I have never been a someone that watches these shows and says often, but what is his character? You know, I'm not that guy that needs a character. Now, if you are one of those fans, Apollo Crews is probably not going to be your favourite wrestler. I'm going to be honest with you. He's not, you know, he's not going to do layers. He's not going to wear masks or anything like that. That, I'm, that I know of, you know, but I think... There's something to be said for just having some baby faces on the program that are just likable people that work hard and are good at what they do. I think that's a thing you can still do in 2020. I've wanted them to try more of it. I think Drew is actually that in a lot of ways. So more of the more guys that are just kind of I don't love the whole it's been the dream my whole life thing, and I don't think that needs to be the deal, especially with Cruz. But just likable people is not a problem, right? Not everyone has to be a gimmick. So let's see what they get out of him. Now he obviously needs to have the right opponents. Like I think Gaza is an obvious one. Uh, probably do a little bit more of Andrade. I don't know. I don't know who else is there for him on Raw. I'm probably missing names. I guess Buddy. Right, that'd be a fun one. So there's there's guys from wrestling. It's just a matter of putting him in the right people. He'll have good matches. There's no concern in, in that sense. It's just a matter of how often they feature him and how much of a focus he is because he could very well just be a case of okay, he's champ now. What next? And that would would hurt him. Just give him longer matches as well. We yeah. saw the Alistair Black match. Like People were raving about that. Doing these three-minute matches, no one gets over on this stuff, unless it's a squash. But like a 50-50 three-minute match doesn't do anybody any favors. That's the thing with 50-50 matches is like it can get people over, but not if it's three minutes. If it's 20 minutes, it doesn't need yeah. to be quite that long. But like if it is longer... It can do wonders for, for even the loser. Yeah, well, you want it to be... If you're going to do that kind of match, you want it to be a thing where at the end of the show, 90% of the audience is like, good show, that match was great. And if you do that, you're, you're in pretty good stead. If it's just a competitive match, which, as you say, is super short, it will be forgotten by two segments later, right? That's really what it is. Like, I remember when they did... Um, they did the angle right with Alistair Black and Buddy where they was having, like, these long... And, even though Black beat him three times, at least it introduced Murphy as a guy that can have those type of matches. It gets you a certain level, obviously. Like, there's, you need to win at some point. It's ideal if you start winning. But for Cruz, I, I agree with you. Long, I see, not I see. What about with that? US, US title, <laughs> right? This has been a problem for me consistently. I'm sorry, folks. Very confused by these nowadays. But US title, having some good matches, he'll be fine. On NXT, we had a cage fight, Joe. We've discussed yeah. many times the kind of MMA wrestling hybrid. Matt Riddle against Timothy Thatcher. It was the old Lion's Den cage. It wasn't, you know, like your regular cage match. It had the uh, scaffolding 
up top there around the around the top of the cage. Kurt Angle was the the special guest referee, and then Timothy Thatcher chokes out Matt Riddle. What would you think of this match? Well, here's where I have to do it. Right, here's where I have to kind of you know break <laughs> break character. My favorite word. NXT have done a really good job with Timothy Thatcher. This match was great. Their whole introduction of him has been great. It's got over his personality and you know what he is, his whole essence. It's also got him over as an absolute like just machine. Beat Riddle here, choked him out as you said. The match was violent. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great as well. You can do these MMA wrestling hybrid matches like with the right people it doesn't work every single time like uh i think the last time we talked about was like moxley and hagar that that match wasn't good um but you can do it with matt riddle and timothy thatcher one riddle has the athletic background the the mma background um and thatcher wrestles that kind of style and they can blend submissions counters strikes all together you throw in the cage format you can do some cool spots like a uh, riddle riddle did like the showtime kick in the match did, uh, yeah. and riddle did the the senton and everything off the top of the scaffolding so i thought this match was fantastic is it enough to get nxt unbanned no okay no, not even <laughs> close um it would take you know months maybe years of this level for me to actually consider um, you know, given remember they have got that their their card is the uh, the in your house set right. That's their actual um, you know deal to get out of the the banning the the oncoming inevitable banning that we will find an excuse to ban this program one way or another. But you know, good wrestling will not do it, Jeremy. I, <laughs> I watch enough good wrestling without you know forcing myself. Look, in all seriousness, I I enjoyed this. And one of the things I think they did best here was they didn't try to play up like the MM. They still kept it as a professional wrestling. It was just influenced by it, right? Like right. you said, the Showtime kick. The, the deal with his, you know, with his mouth bleeding and the teeth and that, like, that was just great pro wrestling visuals, wasn't it? With two great pro wrestlers. It wasn't them trying to do like little nods that no one would understand. The Showtime kick is pretty famous. But if you've never seen Anthony Pettis do it, it's still a cool kick. It isn't like they're doing like a finish from a pride fight in 2001. You know, it's like, I love him, mate. I like pro wrestling to not try to replicate it all that often. But as you said, certain guys, these two being probably what top of that list, if not in the top, very, very top group of it, they can pull it off. I thought NXT this week did not offend me or anger me. um, Nor did it make me question doing this podcast. So in that sense, it's one of their best shows. Um, the main event though was great, and I will miss Timothy Thatcher when we inevitably ban this program forever. Uh, it's only this week and next week. It gets banned yeah. on June seventh. Do you remember after CM Punk's UFC debut, Miz and Ziggler did the yeah. the CM Punk? <laughs> I don't I, know how many people caught that, but go back and rewatch that Miz and Ziggler. Like, that's the opening of their match: is take down rear naked choke and then escape. Yeah. They should have just it, that should have been the match, but they actually wrestled for like another fifteen minutes. I mean, that was great in itself, but when it when you consider that it was Miz, the guy <laughs> that is like just for no apparent reason constantly the foe of CM Punk, just because he made it in WrestleMania, it was even better. But yeah, that was fun. That was a long time ago now too, right? Surely that must have been if Miz and Dolph were having a singles match on a, on a big show. I don't know. That's another question for another day. But uh, CM Punk would be bad. Here's a good one, okay, Jeremy. Imagine the, the AEW, the All Elite folks, they managed to get CM Punk back to pro wrestling, and he just did like the fake MMA deal. He just did the full, 
trunks, gloves, and he would have these like simulated MMA fights where he could actually win them. That would be the ultimate rib for money, wouldn't it? That would be tremendous. I mean, he'd fit right in with AEW right now based on that go-home segment or that closing segment on Wednesday, which we'll get to later. Uh, Matt yeah. Riddle, it looks like he's bound for, I guess, the main roster. People are saying SmackDown. So maybe he's the hacker, Joe. What, what do you think of Matt Riddle, the hacker? That would be the worst <laughs> fit ever. Like, the absolute worst fit. But sure, like, it would be funny, right, if it was just him... He just had wandered into this situation where there was loads of monitors in front of him and he started tracking. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. But, I mean, Matt Riddle will be fine. Like, I don't think he's going to be a guy that absolutely falls away. I could see there being some roadblocks, some unforeseen roadblocks that come his way because WWE does some strange things with the way they operate. You know, like, internally, they're a little bit odd. So, we'll see. But as far as his talent, he's going to be absolutely fine, right? I think Riddle's first feud is going to be against, like, Baron Corbin. This is my prediction, which, fine. Have you, like, looked at the wrestling roster on SmackDown? There's AJ Styles now, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, if Matt Riddle comes up, Drew Gulak. There's a mm. lot of very good professional wrestlers on the show that you can just put together in matches and give them 15 minutes, and it'll be great. Okay, I'm very angry right now, and I'm very disrespected, because you just suggested i wouldn't know who was on smackdown even <laughs> though you know that i am now the absolute biggest supporter that's true of the blue brand that is you true. should know that i know who's on that roster <laughs> right you should know that moving forward but you're right by the way drew gulak huh what a run he had outside of the field good luck to <laughs> good for drew i hope he got paid well uh yeah i agree drew gulak is back he re-signed and hopefully hopefully he got that raise he was searching that he didn't that he reportedly didn't get, and that's why he let his uh, contract expire. Uh, speaking of AJ Styles' blockbuster trade this past Friday on your favorite program, WWE SmackDown, a Cole bomb announced in the middle of the show. Michael Cole said AJ Styles has been traded to SmackDown for superstars to be named later. Joe, what is Paul Heyman doing on Raw? I guess USA Network, if you want to not peel back the curtain. What are they doing on Raw? They, they've they traded Bliss Cross. They traded them for future superstars, which they got lucky and they won the tag team title, so they're back. They traded AJ Styles for future superstars. They're just making these trades and they're not getting anything in return. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I want to stress that, you know, your kind of, um, your version of the announcement of Michael Cole made, you had too much excitement in your voice. That was... <laughs> Michael Cole was reading it like he had just received the worst news of his life. He's like, we've got AJ Styles back, folks. <laughs> Welcome back, the phenomenal one. No, um, I don't know what's happening. I am almost certain, and this is this will be hilarious, I am pretty convinced that Alexa and Nikki are just going to be on Raw now, and they'll never explain why. Like, I'm almost certain that's actually what's happening. If so, this trade situation is one of the funniest ever, because then you have a whole weird web of, uh, future considerations that I will never be able to explain. AJ on SmackDown is weird to me because he's like Drew's best remaining opponent, unless I'm missing something. So I don't know. If I was Drew McIntyre, I'd be a little bit disappointed that AJ is now off to you know do whatever he's going to do on SmackDown. And I look at SmackDown and I'm like, I mean, obviously I'm always happy to watch him wrestle Daniel Bryan, but the top guys on SmackDown. I mean, AJ's a miracle worker, but my God, that's a you know that'd be a tall task. Some of the fellas he'd have to work there. So. I'll see where it goes. Obviously, SmackDown, I guess, needs the star power. Maybe. 
So it makes sense in that regard. But man, I, I, I feel like Drew and AJ was a lot for this summer. We're working on a transaction uh, transaction tracker on oh, Fightful to try to. <laughs> when I wrote the AJ Styles trade article, I like had to recall. Oh yeah, Apollo Cruz went to Raw based on expiring draft picks, which they couldn't just say Apollo Cruz was part of the the Bliss Cross trade as a future consideration. Mojo went to to SmackDown. Just because Gronk was there. There was no, like, official explanation. It's just like, ah, oh, Gronk's on SmackDown, so Mojo's on SmackDown. And Brock Lesnar just, like, quit SmackDown and just went to Raw. So yes. it was poor poor contract negotiations on SmackDown. You make this guy the number one pick, and you can't lock him into a contract. It's like, uh, um, um, who's the who's the football player that I'm thinking of? Eli. I think Eli was, was going to be drafted by the Chargers. Like, no, I don't want to go to the Chargers. So I guess that's what happened with the... Uh, with Brock as well. So we're working on that for, for Fightful because, I mean, I love this stuff. I hope they explain that there's some trade. But if you look at they traded away their number three pick. Bliss Cross was like their, I think Alexa was like their number five overall pick. And Nikki Cross was a top pick as well. Like USA, Paul Heyman, they're just trading all their top picks. What's going yeah, this on has been This has been a theme for like 20 years now where... <laughs> In the brand split, they just use sports terminology without ever explaining yeah. what it means. WWE. Like, if you ever, well, I always found it hilarious. Their drafts, like when they would do like a one, of, basically what the shakeup became. The shakeup was a much better name for it because they would used to call it a draft, and it was like, with our number one pick, we take John Cena to Raw, right? And then SmackDown's last pick, they take Batista. Who is on the board for this draft, Jeremy? Why? <laughs> why what is going on? Why are certain people available, certain people are not? This was never explained then. I don't know why we expect anything to be explained now. This is just how their their um, their bizarre kind of mindset is. I just... Here's my question, okay? Like, so the four... What's the four appearance thing? Can you explain this to me? Can one no, wrestler make four appearances? Or can you get four appearances from everyone? I don't get it. I have no idea. I thought it was it's four appearances like per person because we, we yeah. thought AJ Styles was using like his appearances and that's how he was going to yes. be in this tournament. And then of they're course not. they just yeah they're not. It's just he got traded. But Charlotte's already been on SmackDown twice. I hope it's you get four appearances from the other roster per year. And SmackDown was like we're going to use two of those four on Charlotte. <laughs> in two weeks yeah so now we've got two more for the rest of the year to use on the rest of the roster but we've already used two in two weeks on charlotte i still maintain it's it's like four per person but i'm 90 percent sure that i'm actually wrong on that i just and the other deal is with the with the women's tag titles i don't understand that either so can they just shot whenever they want to raw i don't get how they can now go to raw for promo segments i thought they were just allowed to like do matches I don't know what's going on, Jeremy. That's what I'm telling you. I don't know what's happening. Um, I feel like at some point they're going to move Electra and Nikki to the raw page of WWE.com and we will just all laugh and they'll never explain why or when that happened. But AJ, what a steal. What a steal. For just future to-be-named talent. Amazing. <laughs> the WWE CBA needs a lot of work is, I think, what we're – what the conclusion yeah. here is. It, it needs a lot of work at the next negotiations. Uh, whenever the CBA expires at the next negotiations, the, the players union needs to get together and, you know, come to, come to an agreement here and be like, we need this worked out or else we're going on strike. I think this is what needs to happen. That can totally happen in wrestling, right? 
Oh, 100%. I do think we should give Raw a little bit of praise, though, for their, their free agency and their G League use. Like, the way they would bring up a Shane Fawn, like, and it's like, wow, that's a steal, you know? <laughs> Just a, a light contract, G League, and then you get Brock Lesnar. How quick they snapped him up, huh? So they're good at some things. Maybe these trades are just a way to clear up the salary for when the, the big fish comes wanting. You know, that's maybe fair. that's what it is. I'd like to talk to the guys about it, to be honest with you. Maybe we can get that interview after our Christopher Lloyd one. <laughs> uh, that's fair. It could be a case of, of trading to get under the salary cap and, and get that free yes. agent money. Uh, I, I can buy this explanation. I think you're onto something here. I love that they never even bother to make up a fake explanation. No. Actually, now that I think about it, I kind of admire it. They're just like, look, guys, if you care about it, come up with an explanation for yourselves because we don't, okay? And, like, in many ways, that is indicative of so many things, but it's funny enough that I'm happy to just let it be, I think. I think I'm happy with them just saying terminology, like expiring draft picks. <laughs> Sorry? What does that mean? But yeah, anyway, whatever, whatever. It's, it's just funny to me. Are there even, like, there's not even expiring draft picks in, like, real sports, right? No. Like, what is an expiring? It's just <laughs> two different things put together yeah. in, like, their sports terms. Go. Like, that's what it is. I don't care. I want this to be a thing, like, uh, a team has the number one overall pick, and they're like, no, no, we're not going to use this next year. We're going to hold this number one overall pick until uh, the following year when, you know, maybe there's a better prospect coming out, and that's when we're going to use it. And, like, three years down the line, it's like, okay, that 2018 first overall pick, that expires this year. Like, you've got to use that in 2021 or else you don't have it anymore. So did they, when they got Apollo Crews, did they mention the Electra and Nikki deal? Or did they just say expiring? No, it was just expiring, because I looked this up, because I wanted my article to be correct. It was just expiring graphics. There was okay. no explanation of Alexa and Nikki. They could have easily said, Apollo has been traded for Mojo. Like, how, yes. how difficult is this? Yeah, because what I was thinking was... Electra and Nikki was for future draft considerations, so I was wondering if those picks were soon to be, like, no longer of use. In which case, horrific trade. Like, all-time <laughs> bad trade. But at least they could have... Li I don't know. We've already done too much on this, but it is funny. I'm looking forward to seeing the full uh, report on this, Woj. I very much am. Uh, we're going to move on to AEW. They had double or nothing this past weekend, their big empty arena pay-per-view. Uh, the biggest thing coming out of this, I believe, was the main event, the the stadium stampede. Think, speaking of some real sports stuff, they fought in the empty Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. They had football spots and, and everything. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
challenge flags thrown. We had 40-yard dashes. Uh, Joe, you have been... You've liked some cinematic stuff. You you wrongly disliked the Firefly Funhouse. What did you make of the stadium stampede? Well, I have to respond to your question with a question. <laughs> Am I insane, or was this not really a cinematic match? I, I it, didn't see it that way. I No, I don't think it was cinematic either. I was just trying to okay, good. riff off of that. But it was... <laughs> we talked about it last week in the preview... Like, you were concerned it was going to be cinematic. I thought it was just going to be, like, a live, wild stadium brawl. And that's essentially what it was. It wasn't live. They they filmed it the previous day. But, like, that's what it was. It was just a wild stadium brawl. It had cinematic elements, but, Mm -hmm. like, most of the Matt Hardy stuff, basically. But everything else was just, it was just a wild stadium brawl. Yeah, and that, that was my take on it. And I enjoyed it. You know, I'm not here to do the, that was the greatest thing in the history of the world. Um... But it was thoroughly enjoyable. Chris Jericho has a knack for making me laugh, which is almost to a concerning degree at this point. I was laughing at Chris Jericho just sort of saying mundane things, and I'm a little bit worried about myself in that regard, you know. But Sammy Guevara was wonderful in this match. I love the, the hangman, you know, piece where he goes to where he went to the bar. I thought it was good. I, I find the AEW stuff to be more, to be closer to genuinely funny. Uh, than most wrestling. And maybe that's just, you know, my bias. I don't know. I find a lot of the personalities involved funny. So for that reason, I did actually laugh, legitimately laugh quite a bit. Like the whole deal with um, Matt and and PNP, you know, guys, if they wasn't proud, all that stuff. (laughs) Uh, Ortiz saying that he couldn't swim was just outrageously funny to me. And I have no idea why. So I'm not sure if this was a case of me watching this match at four in the morning, Jeremy, or... I just am now a fan of the cinematic silliness. I'm not sure, but I had a great time watching this. What about you? I like that there was a wrestling ring in the middle of this football field. (laughs) And it was like, yeah, we'll just put this here, make it seem like we're actually going to have a wrestling ring. I may have completely imagined this, but I think at one point, uh, maybe it was Guevara, was like standing on the outside of the ring, like waiting for a tag. Like this was going to be like an actual like uh, 10-man tag team match in the middle of this ring. Um, yeah, I don't know if I imagine that, but I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. And then the whole just going all through the stadium, they had a lot to play with. Hangman Page on the horse was great. And then he just gave up. He's like, I'm going to the bar, whatever. Forget this nonsense. Sammy Guevara, I don't know how much this man is making. I hope it is, his salary has been doubled during these empty yeah. arena shows because that golf cart bump and the... I get the, the, the deck bump, like taking the bump off of the, the stadium. It's still a crash pad, but that's still an outrageous bump. And just everything he's done during these empty arena shows, this man deserves double whatever he's making. 100. He's awesome. But I love when you said the ring, the, anyone who rewatches this match, which is a, an adventure in its own right. Cause it isn't short, is it? You know, it's a, it is a full length feature, right. but at the start of the match that, you know, everyone's brawling and Chris just sort of decides that him and Nick Jackson are going to have a wrestling match in the middle of this <laughs> stadium. Like they're just running like the, the opening sequence of every Jericho match you've ever seen, like shoulder tackles. and all. It was just, it was, um, it was insane. It, it really was. It was about what I expected. I knew it'd be wacky because as we said, right, the street fight on Dynamite had told you this was going to be insane. And then when you give them this setting to, of course it was going to be this, right? Like I'm, I'm glad that, um, they didn't ask any wrestling match to follow this. That would have been impossible. One thing that was funny to me, which wasn't intended to be, was 
the fact that after like 30 minutes of just being a bit confused, Jim Ross suddenly got really excited when Jake Hagel was just doing power moves in the bar. <laughs> like, that was like his utmost moment. Like, all of these moments we laughed at, right? All of these moments we just named. When he did a power slam in the bar, Jim Ross was like, oh my. Like, he was just, he couldn't fathom the strength of big Jake Hager, who he's still, I believe he thinks he's destined for big things. So, good for Jim on in that regard. I'm glad he got his moment to shine. Like, how funny was just the inner circle's entrance? The idea of Jericho convincing them to go through with that whole uniform <laughs> situation, everything about that, I just thought, the inner circle are a lot of fun as a faction. Uh I think the three of Jim Ross's favorite things are, are football, the bar, and Jake Hager. And like you combine all three of those things, I, it's easy to see why he he just completely freaked out over those spots. So, yes, when, I, when when you put it that way, I think if that if this match had only been those three things, like to a much more <laughs> contained level, he would have probably listed it as the greatest match he'd ever seen. So I'm with you. Um, I actually thought, and that was the other thing why I didn't see it as cinematic, right? You had, like, the announcers were just calling it like it was like a 2000 WWE hardcore title match with big bu- with a big budget, basically, is what it was. They were yeah. still calling it the same. There wasn't, like, the kind of music inserts and, and all that business. So, look, it was exactly what I expected, but I must admit they kind of nailed it, considering what they had. I, I thought it was fantastic. Anything else from Double or Nothing that, that really stood out? I thought the the uh, the women's title match was legitimately good. I thought they, they kind of did this, like, as much as they could with that stipulation. In a tough, I mean, without any real fans, that's difficult enough as it is. Um, I want to say that I thought Brody Lee kind of reminded everyone why we were excited, which is good, really good. I'm happy for him. I don't like this gimmick. You know, I think I've said that more than enough now. I don't need to go into it. But watching the match it was like okay i remember now why i was interested in him being here because he can add a lot he can have good matches and a big man that can do cool things so i like that too i didn't think it was their best pay-per-view how could it be right but you know as i've said a million times AEW, right if their pay-per-views if my biggest critique of their pay-per-views is all the matches go a little long and they try to do a little much not it's not really a bad like that's pretty good right that's my biggest issue i'll take that and live with it for now also on the pay-per-view, Cody defeated Lance Archer to uh, become the first ever AEW TNT champion. He's already got a title defense next week against Jungle Boy. He also said he's going to do the open challenge gimmick moving forward. Uh, what do you make of Cody being the choice for the first ever TNT champion? I think it's the right choice. I didn't love the finish, though. I don't know about you. I mean, I just thought it was like... It was convoluted, and it, it was flat, too, with the Tyson stuff. I'm not sure. The Tyson thing, as you said, will be a topic in itself. <laughs> We've got to tackle what, whatever's going on with Mike. But the match was fine, but the choice was the correct one. Cody's the right guy to establish this belt as being actually important. He's going to have good matches, I would assume. Hopefully, they avoid kind of the uh, the pitfalls of overbooking stuff. I think they've done that decently well on TV. The pay-per-view matches have been a little bit of a different story, but... Jungle will be great. I think he's going to work for a lot of the young guys. And I, I think in the end, as great as a babyface as Cody is, I think he's going to naturally earn some resentment that he's going to lean into big time as a kind of half-hearted heel. So that'll be fun. People are pointing to Cody held up the, the four fingers on the show, and then you have the, the, the Revival made their debut 
uh, last night on Dynamite, and yeah. they they did the picture with Arn and Tully. They held up the four fingers. People are speculating that this is going to be like a Cody revival stable. I don't know who your fourth is going to be, um, but Jasmine Duke, Marina <laughs> Shafir. <laughs> They're going to get Ronda Rousey, actually. They're going to bring her in. Um, people are speculating about that. I don't know if there's there's anything to it, but it's a possibility. Cody is sort of branched away from the elite. It's clearly yeah. more of a Young Bucks, Kenny Omega type thing. And, you know, they brought in Matt Hardy and Hangman is there as well. Uh, I like Cody as the champion. couple of issues. One, Cody's matches don't hit the same way without a crowd because there's so much investment in Cody as a person that the crowd makes a lot of his matches. His matches are great, but because of the investment into him, they make his matches seem even better. And without that, it doesn't hit quite the same. Uh, The open challenge thing, I'm fine with it. I thought the timing of the announcement wasn't great because you did the battle royal later on in the show. And like, if you're in that battle royal why bother trying just like come out answer the open challenge in a couple of weeks like you don't you don't need to earn this title shot through this battle royal i think jungle boy is a good first opponent like you said i'm sure he'll have like great opponents i'm sure he'll work with uh darby again maybe Guevara will come out and answer the challenge like a cody against either one of santana and ortiz would be really good Mm -hmm. so you can certainly do some great matches and maybe it will lead to the revival stable but the revival they're also in aew joe they are. That had been totally lost on us when we listed our topics, wasn't it? Unless I missed it. I don't know. But You did. That cool. was completely in the rundown. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. okay. <laughs> that was cool. It was a little bit underwhelming because there is no fans. And that will always... It, it bummed me out. There was no fans to, to kind of react to them. Um, look, I, I've been excited to see what they do with the Bucks for a long time. That doesn't change based on what they tweet. Believe it or not, Jeremy. <laughs> I, I maintain interest in what they do in a professional wrestling ring. And I think they'll be great. This Cody thing, I hadn't even thought about. I'm kind of into. I, I, I've always felt, and I think it's by design, right? Cody doesn't really fit in, does he, with the cool kids of the elite, you know? No. Uh, Define cool, that's a different debate for another day. But <laughs> him doing a thing where he's like, just had enough of these guys not taking it seriously would be amazing. It would be great. And the Revival can talk. They certainly can. But giving them Cody too, in a faction, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I agree with you, though. Who you add to those three, I'm I'm less sure. But that's a good call. I didn't know that was a, a speculating thing. But the the revival being there, the issue with it is, of course, is that we all were just kind of assumed so much so that now it's like we're just waiting to see the matches still. It almost didn't change anything that they're officially there, did it? It was like, okay, so when is the match then? Like, hopefully we get we wait for when there's fans in it. I think that's what they're going to do after seeing their their uh, debut segment. Yeah, I think that as well. People were confused as to okay why didn't they just attack the young bucks you don't have to do this right away get the revival in have them beat teams like butcher and blade and and private party and uh whoever else you can kind of put together i don't think they have hybrid two because uh jack evans is is in mexico but uh you just have them beat teams establish them as this this great tag team do a keep your friends close and i mean enemies closer type deal and you want to do this match in front of fans is the other thing like you're not doing this at fighter fest or fight for the fall and like all out if they can have fans there would be the time to probably do this match but you don't want to do this match in an empty arena though this was almost built 
based off of fans because fans supported yeah. the revival as the best tag team and then young bucks fans got upset and so it turned into this big war like you've you've got to do this match in front of fans i agree i wouldn't be surprised if once they kind of you know take their own path and make their their colors clearer uh, if they're the team that takes the belts from omega and page and then that's where you get to the the bucks match i think AEW's tag team division is their biggest strength. We've said it you know, a million times. Obviously, it's been delayed by Hangman's not been there, of course. But when you look at the lineup, it's pretty it's pretty insane how good it is. I mean, you know, they'll throw in a wild card team, as we saw last night, that is not always um, elite, so to speak. <laughs> but for the most part, I mean, they have like six teams that you could easily build a full division around. So that's pretty impressive. I want to see these belts as a main event, you know, kind of... Uh, Feet, a main event achievement, and I think the revolt for FTR, whatever they are called, I have no idea what that actually stands for. I do not know, but I'm I'm hoping they help that kind of progression. FTR stands for whatever you want it to stand for, Joe. Okay, uh, for the regal is what I'll now call them moving forward in support okay. of Lord Stephen. Okay, fair enough. What's your what's, what's your name for them, Jeremy? Um, fries. I don't know. I have nothing. I wanted to go just completely off of like wrestling and do. I can tell. Yeah, do like food, fries, tomatoes, and what's, what's a what's a food that starts with R? <laughs> I don't know. You lost me with tomatoes. <laughs> uh, now it's just gonna bother me until I can come up with something. There's got to be a food that starts with R, right? I'm sure, but I mean, <laughs> I feel like we're going to be in the last topic of this show and just going to fire one out. I like, got it. Yeah, got exactly. it. That's it. Fries, tomato, that's and it. Red Bull. That, that's that's what they stand for. Okay, that's fine <laughs> with me. That's fine with me. No idea. Um, final topic, Mike Tyson. He was at Double or Nothing, yawning, didn't care for this Cody and Lance Archer match, uh, took his shirt off, and then he appeared again on Dynamite with a big closing segment with uh it was mike tyson henry cejudo vitor belfort rashad evans mickey gooch the actor who no one knew until uh we wrote about it on fightful uh going up against the the inner circle in a pull-apart brawl the this the basis of this is chris jericho is still upset about what happened a decade ago in wwe uh where do you stand on this tyson segment joe i mean Social media set me very excited. And I have no problem with it as an idea, but I cannot be alone in thinking this the execution of this angle was, like, all-time bad, right? It was, wasn't it? I mean, Mike was... God bless him. Mike is not quite as um, naturally fearsome as he once was. I mean, I wouldn't want to fight the man. Don't get me wrong, he looks in tremendous shape, but he appeared not to be in condition to be shooting a wrestling angle with Chris Jericho. Whatever that means, I don't know. But this was a strange look. All of it was weird. Um, I don't know if it got them any actual attention. It may have got them a few headlines on, like, online. I don't know if it was like a big story. It's felt, I've got to say, I mean, I like AEW very much. This is the kind of situation where if it had happened on Impact like five years ago, we all would have just absolutely mercilessly dunked on these poor fellows. So I don't know. I'm fine with any kind of wacky celebrity stuff. I'm sure it'll be fun. But I am not going to pretend it was good because I'm pretty sure it was very bad. I I didn't think it was good. And yeah. it didn't seem like it got them that much attention. There was there was some stuff on some sports sites. Like ESPN wrote an article on about it. About it. Like Yahoo Sports wrote an article. Like people wrote articles. But I didn't see anything on SportsCenter. 
I didn't see anything on on ESPN like the bottom line of the ticker or anything like that. Like there there was just nothing on like highlight shows, even like social media for for ESPN or these other uh sports outlets. Like there there was nothing there on it. I it felt like it felt like a WWE thing of an overestimation of yeah. how much these people mean. Like Mike Tyson in 2020 Okay, he got some headlines because they talked about his comeback and stuff, but that died down after like a day or two and, and turned into nothing. Uh, Vitor Belfort, Rashad Evans, like no one cares about these guys in 2020. Even Henry Cejudo, he literally just won a fight like two weeks ago and, and retired and people are calling him like the one of the greatest combat athletes of all time. No one cares about Henry Cejudo. People who know about him take away like his, his fighting, like his pro, like he's cringe. That that's even he, he admits the cringe stuff. It's just, it's very, it felt very like, here's some big stars from other sports pop for them. And and just wrestling fans just don't care about these guys. Well, I think there is a play to be made with Cejudo and I'm with you. He's not famous. And the cringe thing is not ideal. But, like, the idea of Hudo being in the crowd and Jericho being a dick to him, I could see working. Um, And he's at least, like, current, right? Like, he just left the UFC as champion, effectively. Yeah. In theory, theory, anyway. So while I wouldn't want to see it, I never really actually need to see these crossovers. I accept them as part of what it is, (laughs) but I don't want them. I could see that as being, like, it can't really be mocked or laughed at because he was UFC champ two weeks ago. The Tyson thing, look, Mike Tyson, legend, icon, genuine sporting icon, it immediately makes you look second rate. And I know that sounds like the most easy, lame criticism ever, but if you just, if someone had never seen AEW before, this was not the visual to sell them on the hot, new, fresh uh, alternative, right? Like, it's, if you know anything about Tyson and wrestling, it's like you immediately go back to 1998 when Tyson, even if he wasn't at his fighting peak, he was viewed as a terrifying man he'd been doing some wild stuff and here he was sort of flexing in chris's face and it was it was just i don't know i i never like to go with the whole it looks like a a, uh, an imitation of wwe thing but i can't lie this looked like an imitation of wwe to me which isn't good in this particular case i mean that's that's exactly what it was though they did the double shove like you know they shoved each other just like austin and tyson did and they're literally like Jericho. This angle is built on something that happened ten years ago exactly. on Raw. Like it's, yeah. they're not that even hiding help. that. Like Jericho is mentioning this. So like it is very okay. I I'm not sure what they're going for. Honestly, I, I'm really not sure. Outside of uh, Tony Khan likes Mike Tyson and and he likes these UFC fighters and stuff. I'm with you on Cejudo. There might be something there. I think there there's a couple drawbacks with Cejudo. One. He's just not very charismatic, and and the cringe yeah. stuff I I think would be a huge turnoff to a lot of wrestling fans. Like it turned off pretty much everyone from MMA. Like I just think it's a, a turnoff regardless. The size is the other thing, and you can get away with that if you're Floyd Mayweather, and you know, and especially with the disparity, they, they paired Floyd Mayweather with the Big Show. So just the the visual alone makes it like okay, this is wacky enough to where yeah. it'll work. Like, if they pair Henry Cejudo with Chris Jericho, he still looks smaller, uh, and it doesn't even have, like, that cool visual of, oh, man, this guy, like, towers over this guy. And, and Cejudo's not charismatic enough or a big enough name to even pull off, like, the Floyd Mayweather-type role anyway. 
I know you're 100. It's not a Mayweather situation, even if you nailed it in execute. Like he's just not, and it wouldn't be perfect. But I guess at least there's something to be said for like they're doing an MMA crossover with a guy that was quite possibly the best fighter in the world of a month ago. You know, like I mean, often with the MMA crossover deals, because even WWE they use Kane, who was way. I mean, I always think back to the Impact deal. You know, where they bless Rampage and Tito, they were being trotted out there in a faction war. You know, it's not always, at least Henry would have been current, I guess is my point. But I'm with you. And the other thing that you mentioned there, if AEW's like big tough guy, like maybe a, um, I don't know, uh, Wardlow, let's say he was doing the push with Tyson. It's like you're paying homage to the Austin angle, and that's fine. But as you said, this is actually all predates to a Monday Night Raw segment that none of us even remember <laughs> or care about. So it really does look like a kind of like a um, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't fit their their uh, identity to me. And it, look, if people that liked it, that's fine. Like I'm all for enjoying this stuff, and I don't hate the idea of it. But they're going to have to work with Tyson a little bit because he's had two appearances here on these shows within a week, and both of them were considering what he was being asked to do. Pretty much disasters. That's fair to say, right? I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of uh, discredit the man, but he yawned in the middle of a heat segment. <laughs> he, the finish of the Cody match, while they were going to the finish, he was just turning around flexing for no one. I, it was very weird. Okay, it was very, very weird. And I'm happy for him that he seems happy, but someone's going to have to get the, the baddest man on the planet out of him because it, it was not really evident in these two appearances. I don't know if Tyson has that anymore like tyson has become such a pretty much since like the hangover like tyson has become just such a, a parody of himself that yeah. this is like who he is now i don't think he has like uh i don't think he has baddest man on the planet really in him anymore he's just he's hangover mike tyson that's what people know now i mean it has been a legitimate 30 years since he was the actual baddest man on the planet yeah. now granted like when he was in on raw he wasn't the best fighter in the world, but he, he had just bit Evander Holyfield's ear. Like, he was still a lunatic, you know? There was no one kind of questioning that element of it. So you could get away with it. But, my Lord, it, you're right. It's been a while. Uh, we've seen many kind of, you know, so much stuff been produced about him, and he's just changed. His identity's changed. His personality's changed. But he wasn't even attempting to be, like, dangerous-looking in this. He was almost laughing the whole time, I thought. Jericho, by the way, you mentioned that fellow. I didn't hear his name. What was the name of the actor? Mickey Gooch. I mean, Jericho may have punched him in the face five times, <laughs> just directly in the face. I mean, he was not impressed by, by this fellow's uh, attempts to steal the angle. It was weird. It really was strange. I don't even know what to say about it beyond that. It was just strange. I mean, he turned out to be, like, the star. That's all anyone was talking about afterward is, like, yeah. who is this guy and why is he, like, shooting on chris jericho they were in uh the jay and silent bob film together so like they know of each other he's obviously uh friends with tyson and everything but yeah jericho looked like he had no time for this man trying to get in the middle of this angle the way he did um yeah we'll we'll see where it goes i guess they're going to saudi with jericho and tyson and, and jake roberts against arn anderson I, I think both of those matches uh the crown prince will love both of them uh so so we'll see we were, I must say, by the way, you, you mentioned all the names. It's funny how things work out. Rashad Evans in this segment was just not even mentioned, was he? Unless I'm, I'm like, the, no, there wasn't he, even a... On AEW ahead. social media, like, they didn't... It was like Tyson, Belfort, Cejudo, Evans was just not tagged or anything. And it's like, 
this guy's a former UFC yeah. light heavyweight champion, like before his Griffin knocked out Chuck Liddell. Like this guy is was a star in his day, and yeah, I didn't even recognize him at first. <laughs> no, it's just odd because I mean, like ten years ago, I guess it'd be ten, yeah, ten years ago, him and Rampage had like one of the biggest fights in UFC pay per view history. Yeah. And some things just stick in the in the kind of like the chronicles of the sport, and they're forever looked at a certain way. And other things, I guess, if if the career doesn't go the way you expect to after, they just kind of fall away. It was so weird to me as someone that remembers Rashad being that guy. I had a lot of respect for him, obviously, but he was literally just like he wasn't even mentioned. Vitor Belfort was there, and they were like, you know, I guess Excalibur said, "Did Jim Ross not throw it at Excalibur?" Just being like, recognizing any of them guys? <laughs> <laughs> and I know he was doing that because he did himself, but. Well, it was just, yeah, it was, um, it reminded me of when, this is not a good reference, but still, <laughs> did you see any of Dan Lambert's terrific work in the Impact Zone? I did during? see some of it, yeah. And like, each week as he was with Lashley, there would just be like a list of ATT guys just showing up randomly, and like, every once in a while, Josh Matthews would be like, oh, there he is, that's uh, Tiago Alves there in the front row. <laughs> And like, these obviously are bigger names, but it legitimately was like that. Where it was like, who showed up here? Oh, Sahuda. Wow, that's weird. Anyway, back to Mike Tyson and Jericho. Bizarre segment, man. It really didn't fit their general uh, TV show. It was weird. Yeah, it, it was. It was strange. I don't think like hardcore AEW fans are going to be off put by it, and and I think that's the thing is they've built up enough goodwill to where hardcore okay. fans aren't going to be like, all right, they they did this, but. We're, we're not going to stop watching the show because of this. Uh, but I just don't know if it, like, attracted any new fans because it it wasn't an alternative. Like, I think you said it, like, if Impact did this, I mean, Impact tried to do this a few years ago with Rampage and Tito and Dan Lambert yeah. and all this stuff. And, like, no one cared. And, and it was just completely off-putting. And I think this is the, the same thing. Like, it, if you're not a fan of AEW, I just don't think this is, like, going to be something that hooks you in. Like, Oh man, gotta see if Mike Tyson shows up next week to to see yeah. what he does. Yeah, and that's always the interesting. I'm with you. I don't think their audience is going to be off put. Or I think someone described them to me as an optimistic promotion, and I think that is the best description of AEW because for the most part, look, I certainly don't think their show's perfect, but people genuine generally seem to leave their shows happier than they ended them. Right, and they seem to have fun with the shows, and there isn't these kind of moments of like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they just ruined my favorite wrestler again, um, which always helps when you're watching a wrestling show. So people want to like this stuff, and if they like this, good on them. It was a brawl. At the end of the day, a pull apart brawl will always be fun to some extent, especially when Chris Jericho's punching people in the face. <laughs> Certainly, thumbs up if you liked it. But I just, we always talk about this, right? Like when you do these crossovers, are you doing more damage to your actual fan, or are you pulling more new fans in? I agree with you, it isn't going to be anything, you know, kind of really damaging to AEW, but it's always worth thinking when you build the show, like the show goes off the air with a Mike Tyson angle in 2020. It's just worth <laughs> keeping in mind to see how long this lasts, I guess, is the point. Uh, that is going to wrap it up for us here today on The Distraction. We'll be back next week, the final week of NXT Talk on this program. They have one more week to... You know, give us their best. They, yep. It's their go-home show for In Your House. We will preview In Your House, basically just talk about the set and how disappointed we're going to be. Uh, we can talk about the we'll, – we'll talk about it next week. Um, uh, <laughs> final week of NXT talk. 
We'll talk about whatever else happens uh, in the wrestling world over the next week. Tuesday, this past Tuesday, we reviewed Suburban Commando. Uh, check that out. This upcoming Tuesday, we will review Playing With Fire, starring a much better actor than Hulk Hogan, John Cena. Um, and the TEW series, We a new episode premieres on Saturday. We have, what now, two pay-per-views and eight eight weeks? booked yeah something like we're that. getting there yeah i think we're a little further than that now which is incredible incredible yeah. fault we we've got at least like two and a half months of, of content that are still coming out and we're planning on doing another booking session sometime this weekend so we're loading up on the tew content everybody hopefully people check that out and enjoy it we're booking the matches that wwe are too cowardly to book and then they steal all of our ideas anyway so uh yeah. joseph where can the people follow you on twitter well, before I get to that, um, I do want to sign off with an important note. I'm told that today is the birthday of Seth Rollins. So with that in mind, I would like to say, with that in mind, Jeremy, I would like to say happy birthday, a belated happy birthday to Larry Steve the pig who turned three yesterday. Um, so anyway, uh, follow me on Twitter, at Joe Holbert 5 and I, I tweet about all these things, not Seth Rollins' birthday, but Larry the pig is a constant feature on my timeline. Um, I will never write another feature again because I'm retired again, like Terry Funk. Um, I looked at the NXT In Your House card and fought for approximately four seconds by writing a feature and then closed it never to go back. I will, every once in a while, Jeremy, I will tweet something insightful about professional wrestling. That is my promise to you, and I'm still accepting offers of money, cash, whichever it may be, to write any kind of article. So while I am retired... Like any good wrestler, I can be paid out of said retirement. That's my that's my closing statement, Jeremy. That's my closing statement. Fair enough. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Lambert, eighty eight. Um, I'm writing stuff every day. I don't know. We'll be back on on Saturday, everyone. You completely lost me with the Seth Rollins. I thought you were going to say something genuinely nice about Seth Rollins. He did a good promo on Monday, no. according to everybody, and no. you just completely shunned him. Did the right thing. I did the right thing for the distraction. <laughs> we'll talk to everybody on Saturday. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.